0: So we have been talking about healing, and this is lesson number three. Uh, this has been a challenging year to hear all the negatives about COVID-19 and yada yada. You hear all so much about sickness, illness, weakness, infirmity. How many know you need to stick yourself with some faith every single day? And uh, so I want to talk about healing because there'll never be a time in your life that you don't need faith for healing even either for yourself or for someone else And so somebody says Smith Wigglesworth years ago, he died in 1947, I think. He said, if you wait to get faith when you need it, you'll be at a disadvantage. So, so don't wait until crisis comes to prepare. If you prepare before the crisis comes, how many know you can be ready? Yeah, so that's the that's reason I want to talk about walking in divine health. Many people don't realize because I haven't heard it preached a lot uh, uh, widely in America in recent times. Healing is part of the gospel of Christ. If you notice Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus spent a significant portion of his ministry ministering healing to people. He touched people where their needs were. They didn't have modern medications. They didn't have the things that we have today. They didn't have access to medical facilities the way that we do today. So people just kind of, when, when uh, their physical bodies were infirm, they just kind of had to eke it out and figure out what to do. And many of them, you know, became uh, infirmed, unable to get around. And so when Jesus came healing and ministering life, crowds flocked to him. People don't, want, don't, don't really hear a lot about healing in America because we've placed, replaced the healing power of God with doctors and with pharmaceuticals. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with doctors and there's nothing wrong with pharmaceuticals. But we forgot to trust God with our physical bodies. I can tell you I've traveled to Africa. We've got eight churches there. Is that right? Eight, six. We've got six churches there. And, uh, you know, I'm telling you, a mate there. I've been to India. I don't know how many times, uh, 15, 16 times. And, uh, you know, I'm telling you, when when the people don't have access to really good medical care, the healing power of God manifests. And we've had amazing healings. I've I've seen deaf ears pop open, blind eyes opened up, heart conditions healed, all kinds of maladies instantly healed on the mission field. So why don't you see it that much in America? Because we're looking to something else, huh? Say so again, don't misunderstand or misinterpret what I'm saying. Nothing wrong with medical science. Nothing wrong with doctors. In fact, my appendix burst mid-flight to India in 2004. And I hugged that doctor's neck said, thank you for pulling that thing out of me. And then the nurses that were taking care of me, I hugged them and said, thank you so much. I sent them a letter. I sent the doctor a letter, said, thank you. I'd be in the grave if you hadn't took that thing out of me. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I had, I had a medical emergency. So thank God for doctors. Thank God for hospitals. Thank God for the things, the medications that help, right? But don't just trust that. Trust yourself to God. Trust your physical body to God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Not just with your life, with everything. With your finances, with your health, with everything, right? How many believe that God's concerned about your health? So anyway, um, faith to receive uh, healing is the same kind of faith that we exercise to receive forgiveness of sin. We've talked about that in fair detail the last two Sundays. Again, this is lesson three. I had four points. Then I, I'm going to cover the third one quickly and then get into something else. I want to talk to you today about seven ways that you can know that it is God's will to heal you. Last uh, two Sundays ago, uh, three Sundays ago, we talked about fear. How many know fear is a real problem today? A lot of people have a spirit of fear. So if you weren't here, go listen to that. Faith cancels fear or fear cancels faith. You can't have both of them in your life at the same time. It just doesn't work. Second thing I mentioned was, to what information sources do you give the most attention? There's constant information building from every source that you can ever imagine today. So the idea is, if we want faith for healing, we've got to change the envir- internal environment of our life. Sometimes you've got to change the external environment. So we talked about that last week in fair detail. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thirdly, uh, take responsibility for your health in Christ. Now, I want to say this. Healing will not come without your participation. If you think, well, God just loves me. He's going to give me everything I need. No, you've got to pursue. You've got to seek until you find I mean, James said, at best, draw near to God, then he draws near to you. He's already sitting there waiting. It's like a checker game. He's already made the move. And he's waiting on you to move. And if you'll make a move, he'll make another move. You make a move, he'll make another move. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Choose this day whom you'll serve. Life, death, blessing, cursing, choose life, right? So the whole idea is, you know, healing doesn't come without our participation, We've got to grab a hold of what God has given us. Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Hagen was one of my mentors in the Lord. When I first started listening to him in the late 1970s, he would say this over and over again. He would say, "The blessings of God will not fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree." Now I was raised in the country, and we had a, a, actually a, a wild cherry tree in my yard, so I kind of got that. You know, the cher- cherries just drop right off the just drop right off the the uh, the uh, tree. You know. And now I've got a green apple tree in my backyard and I better get them because the birds and squirrels will grab them. But you know, the the blessings of God aren't like that. You've got to pursue God for his best. How many hear me? So again, take responsibility for your health in Christ. That's the idea. Number four here that I've been, I've been talking about four things about healing. Healing is the will of God. So I want to really uh, bounce off of that and go into more detail. A lot of people don't realize that healing is the will of God. They think they think that God's will is subjective to each individual, each case, each person, you know, uh, and, and so they think, well, you never can know what God wants to do. I want to counter that and say, yes, you can. That went over real big. God will do everything he's promised in his word. God's will is what he said in his word. How many hear me? We'll get into the thick of it here in a minute, so... Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was raised in church. I told you we went three, three uh, Sundays, uh, uh, three Sundays, three, uh, well, four Sundays, but three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I heard this over and over and over and over again. People would pray for somebody that's sick and Wednesday nights they would have what they called, uh, you ever heard of this, uh, uh, sentence prayer. So, so you got a, a few people in the room, you know, and, and they say, well, let's pray for so-and-so and each person would pray one sentence. You ever heard that? Maybe it was just church I was raised in. Anyway, uh, but we heard it, I heard it over and over again. Lord, if it be your will, heal so and so. Lord, if it be your will. Now now, what's, now, 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 what's said when you say that? Well, it may not be the will of God. Well, how do you know whether or not it's the will of God? Well, if you prayed and the person got healed, it was his will. And if you prayed and the person didn't get healed, then it wasn't the will of God. Now, that's not always the case, my friends. Sometimes the will of God is hindered. Is it the will of God for a baby to die at one year old? Is it the will of God for somebody to die in a tragic car accident? Is it the will of God for somebody in the prime of life to be stricken with a disease and die? Some people think, well, God had that in the plan for their life because he wanted to work something in them. See, if you believe that, then you believe that God's will is subjective to experience and to the individual person. And with that kind of belief system, you can never believe God to heal your body because you never know if it's the will of God. It's kind of like, it's kind of like just kind of, you know, sticking, sticking your finger on your lip and, and figuring out which way the wind's blowing. It blows a different way every day. And so the will of God might be different every day. Is that true? Again, if, you, if, if we pray and we think, Lord, if it be your will. See, that puts all the responsibility for what I receive from the Lord on the Lord and none on me. I just don't see that in the Bible. Now, challenge me. Maybe you do. No, we have our responsibility And then there are things that God's promised that he will do if we respond. Again, what I just mentioned, choose this day, Deuteronomy 30, 19. Choose you this day whom you'll serve, life, death, blessing, cursing. Choose life. You got to choose what you get. Seek the Lord while he may be found, right? So let me say this. Faith doesn't rest on God's ability alone. I've had many people throughout my life as a believer, now this is my 45th year in Jesus, I've had a lot of people over the years say, say, well, God can do anything. Well, I noticed he couldn't make them pay their tithes. I noticed he couldn't coerce them into acting towards their wife the way they should. Or vice versa, you get it? Or taking responsibility in some other area. No, we have, there's a Godward side and a manward side to every battle and every victory. And that's true. So again, uh, the responsibility is not all on God. Faith doesn't rest in God's ability alone. How many hear me? Faith begins where God's will is known. It is not possible to have faith without knowing it's God's will for you to do this or that. Have you ever thought about that? Unless you know God wants you to do something, how can you have faith in him to bring it to pass? I want to belabor the point here a little bit. Is that all right with you? So God may be able, but does he want to heal me? You know, uh, so Jesus came down from the Sermon on the Mount and uh, encountered a leper. Leprosy was prevalent in, uh, in the Middle East at the time. Matthew eight one. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, "Lord, if you're willing, see there it is. Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean." Now he challenged Jesus immediately. He obviously saw Jesus healing people in the crowds. Maybe maybe he saw maybe he saw the the the, the lady who had been sick twelve years and and wasted all, and spent all of her money on doctors and wasn't any better. Maybe it saw a cripple man healed. Maybe, maybe, maybe it saw a blind person healed. Maybe a deaf person was healed. Maybe a person that couldn't talk, they were mute, they could suddenly speak. Maybe he saw, I don't know. It just said, Lord, if you're willing. See, he saw Jesus had the power. How? He obviously saw Jesus ministering to the crowds and saw the after effects of that. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He knew he had the power. But his bigger question was, I know you can, but will you do it? Now, do you ever have that question? I know you can, but will you do it for me now? That's the question. Jesus answered very simply, then Jesus put out his hand. Can you see Jesus doing it? And touched him, saying, I'm willing to be cleansed immediately. The leprosy was cleansed. See, Jesus answered that question for the man. If I know you can, but will you do it? You know, If you have a a deep need, and it's going to seek your ship if that need is not met, and I have the wherewithal to meet that need, but I look at you and I say, not this time, not today, and I'll walk away. Would you think that I care about you much? What does it say about God, who we say has all ability, but to say sometimes he turns his head and walks away from a dire situation it's a mark against his character when you think that way because he loves us all and we'll find out in a minute how many know he loves us all the same is that true so if jesus would heal this leper question if jesus would heal this leper would he heal you so so here's another one in the notes. So, you know, let's say a billionaire. I got in the notes million, but let's say a billionaire. The world's filled with billionaires. I dare not name any names, because you know a few. You might like them or not. I don't really care. But let's say a billionaire come and sit his honey on a chair right here. And he's and, and he and, and, and everybody knows him and everybody knows his wealth. He owns houses on every continent. He he flies in a nice jet that he owns. And he's got lots of money. He's got a silk suit on, alligator shoes. He's a nice, he's all nice dressed to the nines. He says something. says, pastor, pastor, I can give everybody in here today $100,000. Well, you know, if you knew him and knew something about him and knew his wealth, you say, well, yes, you can. Well, if you heard that, would you have any faith that he would give you $100,000? No. No, he had the ability but you didn't know if you wanted to or not. But what if the guy stood up and said, whispered in the pastor, left him a note. Maybe he was on the front row, come up and says, pastor, I got something for you. I opened the note. Here's what the note said. He's, and then the note starts by saying, please read this out loud. I'll say, okay, I'm reading this note out loud, just given to me by XYZ person here. He's a billionaire. And here's what he said in the note. Uh, before you leave today, Please come by the round table in the front because I will be there with my personal checkbook. Everybody will get $100,000 before you leave. Well, you want, you know what? Nobody would leave. Nobody would leave early because they'd go by that table. Is that true? Could you use an extra $100,000? Would you leave? Would you have faith? Would you have faith that because he said it, that he was going to do it? Perhaps if he had that kind of character. So what about God? God's got the ability. How do you know he wants to do it? That's why I want to get into the weeds of this today. How many hear me? All right, so we must know that not only God can heal us, but he's willing to do it. Now, today in our environment, my encouragement, I spend time every single day meditating, that is reading and thinking over and over on Scripture that promise healing. Again, because I said it to start with, there's never be a time in my life that I don't need healing either for myself or I need to pray for someone else. So I want to keep my faith built up, right? And you never know when the enemy's going to seek to attack you. You know, there are microorganisms all over the place. You know, in some people's minds, you got COVID-19. It's just waiting. It's a big booger behind every bush ready to grab you. And not just that, but other viruses, organisms, bacteria, you know, I've been in Ethiopia, I don't know how many times, and ate the wrong food and paid the price all night long. So, yeah, they are microorganisms that can, that can, you know, lay you flat on your back. I've been there. I understand that. That's the reason we need to exercise faith in God for physical healing. How can we know? Here's the bigger question. How can we know the will of God? You know the will of God through His Word. Listen to Colossians 1.9. For this reason, we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual un- wisdom and spiritual understanding. Stop right there. What is the knowledge of his will? What is the will of God? The word of God is the will of God. Yes or no? So, so you know, your will is your word. If I know, I want to know what you want about something, I ask you. What is your will? You tell me. Your words tell me. What is my will? Ask me. I'll tell you what my will is. Well, what is God's will? Well, He's told you in His Word. You get it? That's the reason we need to go to the Scriptures to find out what the will of God is. So again, seven reasons we can know that healing is the will of God. I can get through this fairly quickly. Can you listen fast? seven reasons number 1 how can you know healing is the will of god for you hopefully we'll cover the whole gamut here with this number 1 uh because of perfect creation uh, i just went through and looked yesterday while i was studying back through the book of genesis all six days of creation god rested on the seventh day and every uh, after 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 each day's creation most of the time i think most of all every scripture says behold it was good Uh, Evening and morning was the first day, the second day, the third day, yada, yada. And it says, behold, what God had made was good. And then the very end, the sixth day after he created uh, humankind, the scripture says, behold, he looked at what he had made and it was very good. So, you know, before, prior to Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, how many believe that God created man from dirt? How many believe in evolution? I'm serious if you believe I want to know how many believe that God created you how many believe Adam and Eve were the first man and woman raise your hand y'all really believe that you mean you haven't bought what the colleges are teaching and what the textbooks and schools are teaching isn't that crazy you know why it doesn't make common sense it doesn't make common sense at all. No, God created, when God first created us, everything he created was perfect. The idea behind this is there was no sickness prior to Adam and Eve sinning. There was no decay, bacterium, viruses, things that caused malady in the human body. Uh, things didn't attack it the way they do today because nature fell. All of creation fell when Adam and Eve sinned against God They allowed a usurper, Satan, to come in. And Jesus said, the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. When Adam and Eve sinned, a thief was loosed. And that thief has robbed us not only of our immortality but also of our physical health it came with a fall so so again sickness came with the fall that must also mean that the cure comes with the with the person that's the antidote to the fall and sinfulness of man and his name is jesus if jesus is the cure for sin should he not also be the cure for sickness number two god wants his will on earth to parallel what is in heaven You ever thought about that? In fact, Jesus prayed. We call it the Lord's Prayer. I recited that Sunday mornings when I was a little boy for years and years. Matthew 6, 10, 10, after Jesus said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come. Matthew 6, 10. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will as that earth, it replicates heaven. Do you think there's sickness in heaven? Do you think God has any to pass around? Then should there be any here? That's how Jesus prayed. Then, then Deuteronomy eleven twenty one. I really like this. And Deuteronomy is just re-explaining to the Israelites who God is, what He's done, what He's promised, basically. And their responsibilities to obey him. Deuteronomy eleven twenty one: that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which you swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. Or you could say like days of heaven on earth. Do you know God wants you to be blessed? Even in a fallen world, how many know we can be blessed? Galatians 3, three says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, curse of the broken law. Curse of the broken law is, is threefold. It's poverty. It's sickness. It's spiritual death. Jesus came to redeem us from all three. It's not the will of God that we be sick and infirmed. It's His will that we be healed and that we live our lives out until we're satisfied with life. I'm going to get off into some more weeds here if I'm not careful. I did a study on longevity years ago when I first came to the Lord because the devil told me that I was going to die as a child, a a young person. And I said, wait a minute. And I did a study on longevity all through the scriptures and found out that there's not a set day for you to die. You determine. You have something to to say. With long life will I satisfy him. How, How long? He wants you to live till you're satisfied. Is that good? Does that mean you can take an elixir and live forever? No, no, no. <laughs> the soul that sins will die. We're mortal people. We're not in, immortal. You're going to die one day if Jesus doesn't come back first, right? I know some people don't want to die because they're afraid of what happens after death. If you're not afraid, then then you know you, you could die and you're ready to go. But you know what? I want to honor God by living as long as, as I want to and that he that he talks to me about. You hear me? Have you got yourself set on living a long time? Then question is, what you doing about it? Got to cooperate, right? Get off in the weeds on that again too. Number three, God never changes in his attitude towards us. Is that true or false? Now, if Jesus' attitude towards that leper was, when he asked him, Lord, if you will, you can heal me, and that leper said, and Jesus said, I will and touched him, and he was cleansed. If he would heal the leper, would he heal me? Then if he's, no, if, if he's always the same, it would have to be an affirmative. It would have to be, yes. Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Now, now, see, that's a little bit, that's a good bit for a human mind to absorb. Have you ever met a person that never changes? Not in this life. You meet me, I'm changeable. Ask Susan. You don't like that, Susan? I'm changing, right? Every day you're changing. Everything around you is changing. Everything's aging. Everything's getting older, but God never changes. What he was, he is. What he is, he will always be. Isn't that awesome? Hebrews 13, eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The way he treated sick people while he was here is the way he wants to trick the sick today. He wants them to be healed. And this is the way he'll treat them tomorrow. James 1.17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That's a little, that's not real clear. God's Word translation says every good, good present, every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father who made the sun, the moon, the stars. The Father doesn't change like the shifting shadows produced by the sun and the moon. Isn't that awesome? He's always the same. So that's the reason if you're having a bad day, you can always go to the Father and say, I need to talk. Because he is a stabilizer. How many have found out to be true? Romans 2.11, uh, amplified, For God shows no partiality, in brackets, undue favor or unfairness. With him, one man is not different from another. Now that is insightful, isn't it? Now, what what does that tell you with regards to sickness, infirmity? God looks at every person the same way. And the same sacrifice of Jesus that will heal one will heal another. The bigger question is, what is that individual doing with the sacrifice of Jesus? It gets quiet, doesn't it? Romans 2.11, J.B. Phillips translation. For there is no preferential treatment with God. So again, to those who say the will of God is subjective to the individual and to the situation, I just bring him back to these scriptures. If there's no shadow of turning, if he is the Lord, he never changes. If he doesn't change like the seasons of the year, if, uh, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if God shows no partiality or undue favor or unfairness, wow, then he's got to treat us all the same. So if it's his will to heal one... Would it be his best and highest will to heal all? Well, then the obvious question comes up. Then why aren't all healed? Because sometimes we're not in a position to receive what God gave. Sometimes it's because of personal disobedience. Other times it's because of our personal slackness. Yes or no? You gotta be real. That's tough to say, isn't it? Hmm? How many times have you said, I shouldn't be doing that and you did it anyhow? I shouldn't be eating that. You did it anyway. I ought to get my lazy honey off the chair and exercise, but you didn't do it. Right? Or you knew you needed to rest, but you didn't do it. When's the last time you took a Sabbath break one day and chilled? Well, God said, if you don't do it, you'll break down. Well, anyway, let's keep going. Wow. it's a lot to say, right? The fall of man did not change God's love for us. In fact, for God so loved the world and he continues to love the world. That he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life and healing for the body if you'll exercise faith, right? Uh, I want to say this. I'm going to number four real quickly. and We'll be done quickly. But let me say this. Um, I've got 51 podcasts on healing. I go into detail on some of the things I just said. If you haven't heard that, it'd be worth your while. They're usually 15 to 18 minutes in length. It'd be worth your while to listen to those podcasts. I go into detail on diet, on rest, on exercise, on on believing the promises of God, on what you believe about yourself, on how you deal with uh, you deal with fa- diseases that seem to come down family lines. When you go to a doctor, they ask you about your mama, daddy. They they ask you about things, right? So so I've got all that covered there. I just don't have time today to talk about it, but I want to. Number four, in God's mind, the same sacrifice that saves you is the same sacrifice that can heal you. Now, I covered that in lesson one, so I'm not going to spend much time on it now except to repeat again Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David said, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals ever once in a while some of your diseases. That is not what he said. Who heals all your diseases? Is that good? And then two week, uh, uh, lesson one, I mentioned Matthew chapter nine, where uh, a man was bought, brought by his friends to Jesus, and Jesus, instead of saying "Be healed," he said, "Whether it's e-, he said, your sins are forgiven," and it challenged the religious-minded people of his day. And he said, "Whether it's easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk, but you'll know that I have power on earth to forgive sin. Get up," and the man got up. So again, the same sacrifice that saves us from sin is the same sacrifice of Jesus that heals us. Number five, in the Bible. Now, this was very insightful to me. In the Bible, sickness is directly attributed to Satan. Now, let me say my religious mind that I had when I was 18 years old, this thing had to twist, this thing had to change because, because the, uh, people were trying to convince me as a child, people meaning the pastor and others, that sometimes God puts sickness on people. And I, I couldn't figure out in my head, well, well, if God puts sickness on d- people, then, then what does the devil, and they said the devil makes people well. Don't go to that church, they preach and teach healing. Why not? Well, that's the devil. Say that again. Sometimes God wants you to be sick, they'd say, and then don't go to those churches and preach healing because that's of the devil. Scratch my head. If you're listening to podcasts, I'm scratching my bald head. Somebody got it backwards. How? How did we mix it up? Now, the scriptures straighten it out. And so when I came across this in the scriptures, I mean, it literally, my thinking had to untwist. And you may have religious thinking that needs to untwist, right? Job 2, one day members of the heavenly court came again, again to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan. How many know accusing voices are not from God? came with them. He, where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord. I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God stays away from evil and he's maintained his integrity. Even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin. A man will give up everything he has to save his life, but reach out and take away his health and he will will surely curse you to your face. All right, do as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. Because, uh, uh, you know, Job was already in the, the Satan's hands. He was afraid. I talked about that first lesson. Verse seven, so Satan left the Lord's presence and he, so who is he? Satan, struck Job with terrible boils from head to, to foot. Why didn't God do that if he wanted it done? God didn't have any sickness to give anybody what happened here? God stepped aside because of fear in Job's life. Did you know in my, in your life, God wants to heal, but many times he has to step aside because we haven't been willing to get in the word to develop our faith. And then sometimes, and I'll get into the weeds of this, I got a lot to say. And then sometimes it, because if we don't develop our faith and don't Get into the promises of God. Then, before you know it, here's, here's something that comes upon you. The enemy attacks you, and you're not ready for the challenge. Did you know that's what happens to a lot of people? A challenge comes, and they're not ready for the challenge. How do you get ready for the challenge? Get in the Word, develop your faith. Right? Everybody get. It, it gets quiet when you talk like this, doesn't it? I noticed. Acts ten thirty eight. See you thinking, "Am I ready?" Well, get ready. Acts 10:38, you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. then Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by God. Oh, that's not what it said. Oppressed by who? The devil, for God was with him. And again, the church I attended when I was a little boy, God and, God and the devil, they just got all mixed up. God was doing the devil's business and the devil's doing God's business. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. How many know the world will straighten you out? Then Luke 17, Luke 13, y'all, y'all okay? One Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand straight. Now I've been in Africa and I have seen pe- seen people you wouldn't believe the things I've seen. You know, you get out here where there's no medical intervention. Or whatsoever. I've seen people bent over just like, and they're walking like this. Uh, it's just an awful. Let me just break your heart. Well, here it was. She'd been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been. Now, this time, it was an evil spirit. Uh, sickness is not always a demonic force. Sometimes it's just a, a reaction to the things that are in the fallen world. Bacterium, viruses, other things. How many hear me? So, again... She had been bent double for 18 years when I was unable to stand straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, dear woman, you're healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader in the charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? Obvious answer, yes. This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for eight 18 years isn't it right that she be released even on the sabbath wow isn't that great now what does that show you clearly that satan is the oppressor and jesus is the healer who afflicted the woman for 18 years it wasn't god and it wasn't the. if it was the will of god and jesus healed the woman then he would have been he would have been going against the will of his father no, it was the will of God that she be healed. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, this is a challenging, and I, I just got to stay straight on and just read this because I got a lot to say. I could say a lot. 1 Corinthians 5. I can hardly believe the report about sexual immorality going on among you. Some, uh, something that even pagans don't do. I'm told that a man in your church is living in sin with a stepmother. Now, that's pretty bad. You're proud of yourselves but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame and you should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I'm, did you notice what he just said there? In 21st century, we entertain sin and we say it's okay. It's not okay. Anyway, that's another day. Even though I'm not with you in person I'm with you in spirit as and, and as though I were there I've already passed judgment on this man in the name of the Lord Jesus you must call a meeting for the church of the church I'll be present with you in spirit so the power of our, and so will the power of our Lord Jesus then you must throw this man out and hand him over to who Satan, so that his sinful nature will be destroyed, he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Again, King James, New King James says, to deliver such a one uh, to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Now, this is not always the case. Some people preach and teach that uh, that if you're sick, it's because you're in sin. No, sometimes you get sick because you're in a fallen world and the devil attacks your body and you're walking right with God. This time, however, Paul on purpose said, God, take your protective hedge from around this man and let the devil attack his flesh. Now, how would you like for your pastor to pray for you that way? Yeah, yeah. I'm changing churches, that's what you'd say. Today, that's what you'd say. Well, whether he changed churches or not, that boy got sick. 2 Corinthians he said, he, he repented, came back to the church leader and says, I'm not sleeping with my stepmother. God dealt with me. I got to hurting so bad, I repented. It's sad that some people have to hurt so bad till they repent. I don't, I don't know about you. It's better. Well, you got your mind, while you have your sensibilities about you, while you have your health, repent now. Anyway, number six, no sickness on earth when Satan is bound during the millennial reign of Christ. Now, this is interesting. You know, again, I mentioned that when Adam and Eve sinned, Satan became Little G, the God of this world, and he had a legal right to be here that was given to him by Adam and Eve. They had gotten a measure of God's authority to oversee the earth, and when they uh, disobeyed God, obeyed Satan, they gave that authority to Satan. He's got a legal right to be here. He's called the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. So he's got a legal right to be here, but when he's bound during the millennial reign of Jesus, there will be no sickness here. Isn't that odd? As long as he's around, he's a, he's a thief. He steals, kills, and destroys Revelation 21 through 3. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with a key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, which you is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. How many are excited about that day? The next day the devil aggravates you and tells you things and says things to you, oppresses your life. You ought to just speak out loud. Say one day, dude, a change, uh, uh angel is going to come with a big chain in his hand, wrap it around you and throw you into a pit for a thousand years. Then you're going to be let loose, judged and be thrown into a lake of fire and burn forever. So shut up in Jesus name. Then the angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut locked so Satan could deceive the nations. Uh, anymore could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterwards, he must be released for a little while. Now, that's during the millennial reign. There will be no sickness, no disease. How do I know that? Isaiah prophesied, it. talking about this this one thousand year reign of Jesus af- after his second coming. Isaiah thirty three twenty four: The inhabitant will not say, "I am sick." The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. Again, the uh, the context there is the millennial reign of Christ. Isaiah eleven nineteen 19 context, millennial reign of Christ. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea during the millennial reign of Christ. No sickness. Why? Because Satan's not here. Why is that significant? He's the author of sickness and disease. Then, then number seven, at times Jesus dealt with sickness the way he dealt with demons. Now I'm, I, I, I've ran out of time, but here we are in Luke 4. It was a case of demon possession, and the devil spoke to Jesus, get away from us. What do you have to do with us, O Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us before the time? And then Jesus said, be quiet, come out of the man. How many know Jesus had authority over the devil? And then in Luke chapter 4, a little later down in that chapter, just really right after that, uh, uh, Peter's mother-in-law had a, a high fever and just like Jesus rebuked that spirit, he rebuked the fever, said, "Get out of her!" And she got up and gave him something to eat. Wow! Now what does? And then I've got one, and I don't have time to to give this one to you. Here's Mark nine, but here's a, a young boy who had some kind of seizures. Not all seizures are demonic in nature. Sometimes it's a it's a part of the organic part of the human body that is malfunctioning, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, but other times, this particular time, it was a demonic force enforcing, enforcing the illness, and this little boy would have uh, would have seizures. And Jesus basically rebuked the evil spirit and told it to stop. And the little boy was completely healed. Now, what does that tell you? Question: I leave you with a question: Do did Jesus give you authority over the devil? All authority is given me, Matthew. Uh, What verse is that? What is it? Huh? Matthew 28, 18. All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations. The authority Jesus had, he gave to us. Are you seated with Jesus in heavenly places according to Ephesians 2, 6? Do you have the authority that he had? Can you exercise authority over the devil the way he did? So if sickness is of Satan, can you resist it and rebuke it the way Jesus did? Then we ought to do it. Here's my encouragement. As I close, I'm done. Come on up. (laughs) So here's my encouragement. Every time, I don't care, the first pain, the first discomfort, instead of listening, wonder what that is and Google searching it. (laughs) Stop already. Go to the Word. Get your faith built up and resist it in Jesus' name. Now, I won't tell you what it was because it's none of your business. But on the way this morning, the pain hit my body. And I said, you know what, devil? And then, and then a thought came with the pain. That's what the enemy does. He'll put a, a pain on your body and the thought, well, you know what that is, don't you? And that happened to me on the way here in my truck. Now, I didn't go, oh, wow. I need to go Google that and see what that is. I need to go see what people say about that. No, no. You know what I did? Devil, shut your mouth. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over that pain and I command it to go from me now. I refuse that. I am the proprietor of my body. Now I've had a rental house for a long time. I own that house and whatever happens in that house is my responsibility I let people in there and I let people use that house but I'm, I'm responsible for that house is that right? And, and then I own the home that I'm in I'm responsible for what happens in that house yes or no? lastly you live in a house your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost yes or no? you're responsible for what happens in your house you're responsible to keep it clean You're responsible to keep it healthy. You're responsible to keep it rested. You're responsible to keep it exercised. And if you don't take your responsibilities, nobody else can. And when the enemy attacks your house, you have authority to say, "Uh Uh-uh, not today, not forever. Don't sign the FedEx package from hell. And that's what people do all the time and you wonder why believers are sick all the time it's because they, in their ignorance many times because their pastor won't preach the word of God and they're listening to everything else but the word and they've got faith for illness and sickness and weakness and disease and infirmity Now I've been saying this a long time as long as I live my body will be strong as long as I live my mind will be agile as long as I live my joints will work and I'm not going to say anything else You say, well, well, you a fool. You can say what you want to about me. But my, what I said is based on this right here. We say in South Carolina, it's based on this, this right here. If you want to know what I'm doing on the podcast, i got a Bible in my hand. If you'll get the word, y'all, God will keep you. If sickness has been a part of your life and you're constantly ill with this, that, or the other, make some changes. Do some. insanities, doing the same thing, getting the, expecting different results. Exercise. Eat properly. Take vitamins. Do your stuff. Get your rest. How many hear me? And believe God. And resist the devil. And turn off Google.